said them all have an argument So I'm calm and I'm timing them And this girl is crying over me Dying over me She wants me to know This girl's holding on And she's bold enough to say She not let me go Next girl pre the scene And try intervene What does she want me to do? Next girl keeps sweating me She not set me free She not let me be The semi have a problem Kinda no want to have them yet. Me kinda no want to solve them. Woman, I want to have them in numbers. That's plural. Whether uptown to rural, and not to say I can't settle down. Just trying to make you know I can't settle now. I just I make you know that I tried to monogamy, but I couldn't take all the nagging and monogamy. And this girl is crying over me, dying over me. She wants me to know. This girl's holding on, yet she's bold enough to say she not let me go. Next girl, free the scene and try intervene. What does she want me to do? Ex girl keeps sweating me, she not set me free, she not let me be. She says she kicks me. Yes, 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 yes. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 12. I am Tion Buku One. I'm Yula. And we are back. Second episode of phase two. We're alive. Phase one ended cool. Phase two started heavily, <laughs> but we made it through that, and we are back on the court, just like our Golden State Warriors out to win championships, bouncing back, doing what we do. It's been a lot of cool events that's happened between the last episode and this one. We went to Protégé. We went to see Ja Nine. The Warriors won the championship. Mm-hmm. Eula had a birthday. <laughs> Dang! Ella stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into a little bit of all that stuff. And Eula has some good things on her mind that we're going to probably just uh, moonwalk as a man back and let her do her thing. But uh, Are you scared? No, because it's not really aimed at me, although it's aimed at me. Well, not me, but man me. Okay, I'll try not to aim directly uh, at you. Shots fire. People like it. You have a fan base that loves it when you take shots at me, even though I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to deal with the consequences. That's life. Yeah. Choices. Uh, so before we go into all of our good stuff, we will say very clearly every single time, no style of relationship, whether monogamy, polyamory, or anything you could think of, is more or less divine than any other it's the teamwork, the chemistry, the content, the root work, the time that is put into it and into yourself that determines equality. People sometimes get it twisted and think that we advocate polyamory or advocate open. It's like, no, we advocate honesty. We advocate truth. We advocate creating relationships where two people can actually be who they are and build an honest relationship that grows and builds around their growth, not stifling or patriarchy or so on and so forth so to be be very clear we don't advocate any particular style other than the style that is empowering that is compersive and that makes room for both people to grow and evolve and change so but now you want to add to that for our disclaimer disclaimer yeah no i mean my general disclaimer is i don't i don't stick to rules so Advocating for a relationship that is based on rules that makes no sense is uh, not something that we'll do. So if your monogamous relationship makes total sense, that's awesome. 
but if you're trying to stick uh, a relationship in a box because you're supposed to, then that's not going to make sense. Right. Write your own vows. Write your own script. So let's get into our quotes. I will start off with the quote. You go first. That's what, I was, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. Because you're a man. You go oh, first. Oh, here we go. Your time as a caterpillar has expired. Your wings are ready. To call me a caterpillar. No. Okay. Go ahead. No, no. I, I'll do mine all in oh, one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Often it's the deepest pain which empowers you to grow into your highest self. And the third one. True leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. That's a good one. I like that one. That goes to all the bosses out there. Right. That want to boss for the sake of bossing. Yep. All right. So my quotes are going to totally uh, tie into the mood that I have been in. And I think I want to talk about them. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about the position of women in the society versus men. And even when we don't notice or we think everyone's equal, if you start paying attention and you're like, nope, I actually am not equal. Uh, and I've been, I've been thinking a lot about that. So I think a lot of the time on this episode will just me be pondering and trying to find a balance. Uh, so the quotes... I do not wish women to have power over men, but over themselves. Uh, and that's interesting because I think that every time that the woman tries to take any control of anything that's unexpected by men, it's taken uh, as them or us trying to control the men. I'm like, I don't want to control you. I just want you to let me do what I want to do or meet me halfway, you know? Um, this uh, thing I found was a joint resolution of Congress and it was uh, in 1971 and that was the year that I was born. So to me, that's pretty recent and uh, I'm probably ignorant, but that sounded terrible that in 1971, the uh, Congress issued the joint resolution that literally says, whereas the women of the United States have been treated as second-class citizens and have not been entitled to full rights and privileges, public or private, legal or institutional, which are available to male citizens of the United States. That's insane. That's 1971. That's 46 years ago. That's insane that women were not even considered legally equal. Like, that that makes zero sense. Like, we give birth, we raise everyone, we take care of everyone, but somehow legally we're not on the same level. That's crazy. But then at the same time, of course, that explains how we are raised, why we're raised that way, because even if it's legally not equal, then of course we're going to be raised as someone to take care of men and not voice our opinion. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty feisty, so there's going to be a lot of opinions. Um, and the third one, I don't remember who that is from, but it made me think a lot about how we're raising our kids. And hopefully that 
they will have <clears throat> more space to figure out what the balance is between um, what the balance is between uh, you know where they want to be placed uh, between men and women. Uh, you know how much do they want to fight for their own uh, place in relationships, in the workplace, in the world. Uh, so it says, we're viewed as equals, but we're still not there yet. The challenge for our girls, I think, is dealing with, the, with that resistance. How can we lift and diffuse it? How do we make it so that our equality is not threatening? Our girls are going to have to contend with that. I contend with it right now. So it's all about threatening. Like it's, it's you know, the common threat, thread is the threatening. Like what is... Why is it that women trying to just be close to being equal is threatening? Right. No, I mean, it's crazy. Like you just said it, how, you know, you're not trying to have control over men. You're trying to have control over yourselves as women. And why is it that when a woman just wants to regain her liberation, it's taken by a man as you're hurting me? Right. And you know, I I I mean I've been thinking about it, and my um, you know I tend to get hot, and then I have to balance myself out. So when I get hot, I go, okay, well even the most supposedly you know empowered of us, like I consider myself pretty empowered, uh, still we still have like we're conditioned to serve the man, we're conditioned to bow down to their opinion. If our opinion doesn't go with their opinion, then it's, uh, we have to fight to be heard and we have to fight to get through to them versus their opinion supposedly is what, you know, what stands. So there's a fight even for you know, if we consider ourselves to to be on equal ground. And then, you know, then men will get upset and go in their corners sulking, and then we're supposed to somehow figure out how to make them feel better. Right, and it's the woman's role to make them feel right. better. As far as so before we go deep into patriarchy, we should give a clinical definition because I'm not sure everybody knows, and I haven't read it in a while, so it's kind of good to know exactly what we're talking about. And patriarchy is a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I mean, we supposedly we have democracy, but that democracy is built on patriarchy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I don't consider myself a feminist. I don't consider myself, I like being in the middle. I like being balanced. But um, I also get pretty... Uh, hot about things that I consider to be um, not fair and this thing definitely does not seem to be fair like women I mean I, I'm sure that's been you know said yeah. a million times I'm just feeling it uh, more just because of maybe seeing more or maybe seeing how our kids are growing up and they still have it 
Yeah. It's still a fight to cater to a man. And I don't know if there is, like, if, you know, men are just physically wired differently because women are the ones that do give birth. Right. Like I said today, (laughs) you know, as long as men do not give birth, it's not going to be equal. Right. Well, yeah, they don't. Because we don't, just, we don't you're fully not, get it. You're but not yeah, capable of dealing with, with the difficulty of and complexity, like physical pain and physical, you know, discomfort, and still having to do everything. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, to so you, it's like you know, oh, you have a cold, and you already can't do anything else. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, women being the the, the nurturer, the keeper of the the household the energy, the vibe, the whole tribe. I mean, that's, you know, it's a lot of weight, but somehow in modern times and in this Western civilization, it's been marginalized. Like that's not important. Like that's not a hard thing to do to be able to like maintain the whole family, the tribe, the structure and their own sense of self and right. purpose and all I these mean, things. So. Right. So even if, you know, like in, in, let's say that in an open relationship, you know, like even our relationship, so I'm supposed to have a full-time job, take care of the house, the kids, and find t- so find time to hang out with my husband and then find time to do something else. By the time that something else comes around, I have to tell you I have very little time or desire or energy to do it. Whereas men, naturally, you don't have to do laundry, you don't have to cook, you don't have to, uh, you know, do your kid's hair. It's just literally, physically, there's a lot more time. Right. So, you know, like, and I, I supposedly have more freedom than a lot of other people, a lot of other women. And right. I still will not, like, easily find time. Right. For me to find time, I have to really, really, really want it. Right. And, that's a, and that's, this is in our situation where I'm completely aware and more than willing to do more of my part to give her freedom. Now imagine in a situation where there's a relationship where the man is not concerned at all, or at least even counter concern about providing that freedom or acknowledging that the woman has a bigger, broader, deeper role and needs um, support and proactive support to help free them up to have that space. I mean, imagine if, you know, right, those situations. It's not, you know, like you can tell me, yeah, you can, you can go do whatever, but all these other things still need to be done versus, oh, no, why don't you go take the evening and I'm going to be at home and I'll do laundry or I'll be at home and, you know, don't worry about the kids. Right. Well, in, in our situation, that can be done. In most situations, it's not concerned. That's what we're talking about is that, you know, even in our situation with the conscious effort of myself as the man, it still doesn't balance out as far as the amount of responsibility and nurture that the woman does. So imagine situations where the man is not as conscious or caring about that. They just do their thing and expect the woman to just compensate and handle everything else. Um, and me growing up being, I always say being the fly girl's best friend because I was like always the friend, you know, raised by my mom, super aware and sensitive to women's plight and trying to do my best to, you know, alleviate some of that and, and help them be seen and supported. I always saw how many women, powerful women, beautiful women, would cave and contort for a man. Like they would have this, this something that they desired or felt they deserved. But then when the man was like, "I just don't do that," or "That's just not for me," or "No, 
they would be like, well, okay, I, I can work with yeah, Oprah I mean, on that. I have to tell you, it's super hard. Like, it's, it's really super hard. No, it's even when I, I consider myself being a, I guess, powerful uh, woman, I still am raised with this conditioning of, no, you have to do, like, what the whole household stuff is on you. Like, you have to take care of the kids. You have to take care of this and that and this and that. And uh, it takes a conscious effort to stop and think, like, no, Tion can change the toilet paper. Or no, like, <laughs> Tion can do those things. And it's a huge thing for me, like, to actually be like, hey, you know what? I can just tell him to do these things and assume that he will do it versus like, no, no, he cannot possibly do it. Right. Like and it doesn't almost, yeah. come from you not wanting to do it, but it comes, I think, from both sides. It comes from, A, you grew up and you never had to do it. And I grew up and I always had to do it. And I was, you know, it just it wasn't even anything that was told to me, but just how things were when I was growing up. Women did everything. So, right. of course, I'm assumed to, like, I have to do everything. So that my assumption versus you're never having to do it, unless I proactively tell you, no, this, you know, you have to do this. Right. Or can you please do this? It doesn't get done. And then, like, it's super easy to be overwhelmed and be like, oh, God, why is it that it's, it's just not fair? I have to right. do it all. Yeah, so in that situation, it's like... There's both natural flow nature yep. that's fighting against the emancipation of of the woman. And, you know, even the core structure of our relationship settings, which is monogamy, as we found out in research, that it was never designed for women empowerment. You know, it was never based upon that. If, if anything, it was based economically to keep the family structure together. But then the, there were, the, the story was always that the men found passion, love, and all these fleeting emotions outside of the marriage. But the women could not go outside of the marriage for anything. They would be chastised, shamed, or killed. So that, and this is the core structure that we base our relationships on in society is if that's the most divine relationship Yeah, no, and then, ever. you know, so the fight is really, as I'm thinking about it over the last few days, uh, is A, to find the balance. You know, I don't want to be an angry woman fighting against men because that's stupid too. Like, that makes no sense. Um, because you're constantly then you're you're in a fight zone. It doesn't. It makes no sense. Uh, but also, when we raise our kids, it has to. We have to remember that it's two things. It's the conscious effort into somehow telling them, showing them, uh, making them. helping them make decisions that are not based on what they're assumed to do to be doing versus what they can do right and then also the example that we set like the example that i set to them right you know me cleaning and doing laundry by myself all the time is not only tiring to me but is also a bad example to them right because then if that's all they see in our house, then that's what they're going to assume they have to do. Right. And that goes for, you know, our daughters and sons, you know, the men yeah. and the side. So, I mean, it's, you know. And it goes not just with laundry. It goes with, you know, women that are trying to find their 
freedom or change the balance in the relationship. And it's really, really hard to do. And then when we run into resistance, it's really, really tempting to fold and be like, okay, well, I can just maybe dial that back. But then if we have kids, I think that it's our responsibility to stop and actually think, this is what my kids are seeing me do. Right. So we can tell things to kids, we can give them ideas, but they really, really, I mean, it's so true that they really learn from what we do versus what we say. Right. That, you know, we'll, we'll be betraying our kids if we fold. Right, and they're extremely, kids are extremely intuitive. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so the, the, you know, the sons will see how the mom yeah. does things and sees, okay, well, that's what the woman does that. Like, my dad doesn't have to respond to any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then they do that stuff as well. And then the daughter does the same thing, you know? Yeah. So, and it's like, you know, there we go. And then it perpetuates and perpetuates. Yeah. And then, um, you know, not exposing men to this nature early and help them like, be aware of this um, sets them up for being the rigid chauvinistic men that we all inherently are if we're not paying attention where we feel we can do whatever we want to do but you know what i think is funny so my parents pretty much you know don't like they don't understand how i let you know aaron our son skate all day right like summer break whatever weekends we let him skate as much as he wants to and they think that he needs to be doing something else but in reality, uh, Aaron will do the dishes, will do all the chores I ask him to do, will not question it. And my dad has never done any of it. Right. Nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> not, none. Right. Like, I don't even know that he knows how to do laundry. He might be able to do the dishes. I'm not sure. Right. He, like under distress. Right. And so, but yeah. but but they'll criticize me for allowing Aaron to just go and skate. Right. But I'm like, no, I'm teaching him things that he will that will matter a lot. Right. I mean, that's the ebb and flow. But yeah, so we see it over and over again, and especially with doing this podcast and <clears throat> the direction the conversations go, because we have this podcast and we're talking about these things, because I think we're more exposed to it firsthand. Um, the relationship was, dynamics and the inconsistency. For people? Yeah. yeah. The imbalance of relationship yeah. power as, um, you know, a combination of, you know, patriarchy plays a ginormous role, but it's very dormant. People don't realize it plays a big role because they subscribe to this box and assume that this box and the structure is how it's supposed to be. Um, and then they wake up or start triggered something that helps them evolve or feel things or desire things that they don't have and when they try to converse or they try to like amend the relationship or or like create more width in it the man looks at them like yeah what is this yeah Yeah. this is is not what we do yeah and i'm just not about this and then a lot of times the women will recoil and they'll be like oh and they'll just go back in their cave and be like just depleted or they realize that the fight is a lot harder than they thought it was. They thought it might be a good conversation and we can work through some things, but then sometimes they find out very easily that the man is not interested in working through things. Like, And it really starts to hit you in the head. Like A lot of times in relationships, um, we act like we truly love each other and want what's best for each other, 
But a lot of time we want what's best for you as long as it doesn't interrupt what's good for me. And a lot of times with the man being so comfortable with having their own way and not having to compromise and deal with too much, um, that desire for the woman to balance out the dynamic of control and freedom feels like an, it's impeding on the man's comfort and on the man's feelings. And that's where the, that real, real clear structure comes in like oh shit like like this person feels they can do what they want to do and i don't and i just have tolerated it and, and enabled it and bounced around it but then when i want to do some more things that i feel like i want to do he's not even interested in hearing it i think that it's you know we're in the middle of the change a generational change because if that thing really only you know if, if women's rights became a thing legally recently right that's only a few generations Literally, like yeah. we're second generation. It's going to take a few more. So I think that we're uh, faced, you know, where the, as young girls we were raised with, no, this is what you do, this is what you're supposed to, and our husbands were raised with, yeah, this is how it is. Yeah. So then now it's coming to a head where it's probably going to happen more and more often where... You know, the women are starting to take on higher and more powerful positions with a lot more exposure to, uh, you know, other people and the value goes up. And as your value goes up, you're like, oh, this is great. But then my value at home is not going up. What is right. this? So the imbalance starts to be more obvious. Right. And then when it's brought up to the guy's attention then it becomes like right. a fight well then yeah because both sides were not raised for this right everyone's shocked when the woman speaks up the woman the guys are like whoa you know and you know depending on how the man was raised you know they can either be shocked raised, yeah. and then go whoa i didn't know this right or they go they just fight it. They just yeah. they just stonewall it, or they just go, "Oh, baby, you you just need some more love. You need more. Oh, oh let me pay more attention ring. to you. No, let me buy you or a new, new ring. ring. Yeah, like <laughs> like, like the new ring. Yeah, thing. like you know, you neglect somebody and just kind of like not pay attention to them for years, and then the minute they're like, "Well, I think I need right. to do some other thing," it's like, "Oh shit, I want to, baby. Like, you just need more attention from me. We can yeah. you can do this like." It's this, it's kind of like a marginalizing. It's like, it's almost like patting him on the head. Like, oh, okay, you just need a kiss, huh? Okay, you feel better? Okay, yeah. cool, I'm gonna go back to doing whatever I was doing. You go back to doing your thing. Um, it's so, so when I was married to John and a few times that, you know, he knew he was in real serious trouble with me, uh, he's come back with an expensive piece of jewelry. Right. And I still have it. And there's symbols to me of him fucking up. <laughs> And uh, that was the best that he could do. Right. Did it make you feel better completely? No, of course not. Because right. <laughs> nothing changed. It was right. just like his way of apologizing. Right, right. You know? Uh, and that is like, I don't do that. Yeah. Don't, oh. I mean, it, no, that does not work. Yeah. It, makes no, it makes no difference to me whatsoever. And if you think that you can buy my apology or my what's your, your yeah your, like your forgiveness my forgiveness your, with a piece of jewelry make me feel better then that's ridiculous right. it's the ultimate misdirection and from a man's standpoint like you know luckily um, 
the most powerful figure in my life growing up was my mom. So I didn't have a tremendous amount of machismo, so I did get a little more room to be more... Well, I, I think the difference between you and a lot of other men is not that you will do those things that women are supposed to do. Like, you don't volunteer cleaning. You do not volunteer doing laundry. But you do understand that if I come to you with, like, okay, Tion, I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. You won't be like, what the hell? <laughs> You're right, supposed right. Like, to I'm do like, this. I'm down. Let me You're know. You're like, okay, like, let me know what we can do. Do you want to send it out? Do you want to teach me? Do you want, like, yeah. what do you want to do? Well, because my standpoint is, um, what can I do to help make, you know, the woman's leading easier? I tend to defer to women to lead. And sometimes it gets me in trouble because women... Um, aren't expecting that from me, so they take it as like he doesn't care. Right, I took that. I mean, that was me <laughs> for many, many, many years, and I'd get upset at you for like I, I would. The standard scenario would be, I'd run around the whole entire day, doing this, 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 and that, and you'd be sitting on the couch or doing whatever, and then at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Right. And you're nowhere near to being tired, and I'm like, fuck, that is unfair. Right. But then it would take me years to, and you were like, well, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to know what to do. Right. Or you're supposed to ask me. And you're like, no, I don't, I'm telling you, I do not know until you ask me. Right. Like you do what you do. And I'm assuming you're doing what you do because you want to, because we're here to right. possibly assist. But I, 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 I naturally have been around alpha women. So, um, you know, I, when it comes to planning or when it comes to initiating certain things, I'll be like, you know, well, what do you want to do? Like, let me, that, that's my introduction. Like, let me find a way to be of service to these women. And then in return, all the love and reciprocity I get is cool. But that's my default. I don't come into it like, what can she do for me? Let me rope her in with some razzle dazzle and some charm charm and then go back to just being myself once I got them, right. you know, and stuff like that. But a lot of men just, we aren't, we aren't uh, brought up with the right tools to communicate. We can get anger, we can communicate strength and machismo, but when it comes to like fear, yeah. when it comes to sensitivity, yeah. when it comes to vulnerability, um, we just don't do well with that. So we either respond with anger, we respond with, you know, projection, mm -hmm. we respond with aloof, like we just don't even get it, or we respond with silence. Or the victim. So basically anything to make it go away as fast yeah. as possible. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I'll first be like what? Like, you want what? After all I've got, you you saying, you, I'm not enough for you. You want, you just want, okay. And then after that, it goes, you know, well, you know, I don't, that really hurts me. Like, you're hurting me with this. Like, every time you bring this up, it hurts me. Why do we have to deal with this? Can't we just let this go? Yeah. And then it goes from there. And it's like a cycle. It goes from different places. And I mean, that that's exactly how to, how to work with John. Like, you know, his drinking was the only part that we could not talk about. And when I say could not talk about, it was like really could not talk about. Like right. not at all. Like it just didn't even... Yeah, it's like the barrier so and big. And I could talk that... to him about everything else completely. Yeah. And it's a trip once you hit that certain spot, that deepest fear that you know a lot of us have as men. Um, we know our biggest weapon is we know that if we stand our ground and be rigid eventually the woman would cave because 
it's easier for her to understand the situation and be like, you know what? It's too difficult for this guy. It's too difficult for my man. It's hurting him too much. It's making him too angry. Well, and then also, who wants to come home to that every day? Right. I don't want to come home. I just want this to be over as fast as possible right. and we go back to cuddles. Right. And that's the thing that most men inherently know is that if the man just makes, it just stays angry or stays sad or just stays whatever, um, and, and, and it's unwavering when the solution, like they're not trying to find a solution, they're just trying to end this situation. The woman, most of the time, will eventually be like, you know what? It's easy for me to not just do this. I'll just, I'll just sacrifice that. I really don't need that much space. Or I really don't well, need I, these I things. I think that at that time, at that moment, I, at least I don't look at it as sacrificing. I look at it as, okay, this is more important. Right. Like, let me take care of this first. Right. And that's, I think women do that with every situation. And in a relationship right. over 10 years, yep. every situation looked at as like, well, is this little thing, like having, my more, having more freedom or having less responsibility of the chores or the kids, is it worth my whole relationship? And every time they say no, so then they just go and take it on um, and not realize like, you know, it's not, you don't have to choose, is night more important than day? Is vitamin C more important than potassium? It's like, no, you need them all to make everything work. But as, but as long as that framing is kept, then the man can feel secure that the woman will never destroy the family structure for something that she personally wants. But yeah. would the man do the same thing? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, and it's... I feel like it's not a one-sided problem. No. It's both sides. And then we have to learn how to just do what we want to do. Like last weekend, you know, I decided you know what, it's my birthday weekend, and for once, I will not do anything that I don't want to do, which includes cooking, cleaning, laundry, uh, inviting people over, entertaining people I don't want to entertain just because it's my birthday, and I actually totally pulled it off, yeah. and it was amazing, and the house didn't fall apart, right. no one went hungry, Everyone had clothes to wear, and I felt amazing. And it's just, it, it's crazy that it's been this long yeah. for me to get to this point. Right. I mean, the ghost of that assumption of what your role is is strong. And yeah. I mean, just like witnessing friends of ours who, you know, are realizing that at this stage in their relationship, there needs to be amendments, there needs to be elastic. They don't want to leave the relationship they have no lack of love, but they just need more room to grow and more room to receive more nutrients from the world. And just seeing that, how their vision of what they think that's going to be like when they have that conversation versus the reality of it. And as they get as they get closer to deeper and deeper into it, when they realize like, no, so we really have to talk about this and they see what they're up against, it gets scarier and scarier because they see that although the man truly loves them, there's just a part of them that's just not at the moment capable of truly caring about them. Like, I want you to grow, but I, what you want that you need to grow, I just, I'm not comfortable with it. I can't. Okay. And it, and it, you know, that wall is so strong that at that point, the women can be like, you know what? This is excruciating for him. This is my desire for my growth right now is excruciating for him. Um, and then they're faced with like, damn, is it really worth it? Was I really that unhappy? And then they have to go through that and push through not knowing if their man is going to make it through. 
Is it going to crush him? Is it going to just break everything and make everything miserable? And then, so they're constantly faced with that. But whereas the man, the man rarely is thinking that stuff when they're going through them talking yeah. about what they want. Yeah. A lot of times they'll just go get it. Yeah. Like they won't even be like, honey, we need to talk about maybe opening this relationship up. I need more room. Not just about sex. It's about just having the freedom to live and interact with people how I choose. And let's get back to trusting each other's decision making. You obviously trust me to raise the kids. You can travel around the world. You can go to work and you know that I got the kids handled down. So if you trust me with the most precious things in your life, why don't you trust me with my own decision-making process and having to deal with whatever that answer is? Whereas a man, if they feel like they need more, a lot of times yeah, they'll just, just go get it. Well, because again, they A, they have more ability to go get it. They don't have to do all the stuff at home. They have more time. It's it's just you know I mean that's a hu- to me that's a huge factor. Well, it's, it's a, it gives definitely more opportunity, but in our modern society, um, you know, women go to work. Not women are not confined to home like they used to be. So there there is opportunity for them to go out. And the ones that do have affairs, they find a way. They go to the gym. They tear out with their girls. Um, but it's just the inherent deep. Um, willingness to compromise, willingness to sacrifice is just so much more in a woman's DNA as a goddess and nurturer than it is a man. A man aren't taught to sacrifice. You know, like you need, you're a hunter-gatherer, you need that, you go get it. Yeah. You know, um, and I always use a, the analogy of, you know, loosely, I'll say loosely because I wasn't there, but all the stories of friends and family that I've been around, um, the Bob Marley, Rita Marley situation. Like, Rita was Bob's first core true love and always was. Um, and Bob always ended up having many, many loves. And a lot of times through those relationships, it wasn't clear to the women that he was falling in love with that they were one of many. They felt like they were the one. And then eventually they'd end up in the back of the bus or on a different bus on tour getting consoled by Rita. And Rita would explain to them the mission that was bigger than all of them. And Rita had to just take that. So there was, a, there was a part in the Marley documentary where, you know, a lot of stuff went down in Jamaica at, at, at Bob's house, shootings and stuff. And so he fled to the UK to just kind of time to cool off and Rita held it down with the kids. In that time, he went and fell in love with the Miss UK or whatever, who turned out to be Damien Marley's uh, mother. And he wrote the song, Turn Your Lights Down Low, about her, right? And then when they, get, when they all get back on tour, you know, for rehearsals, Bob gives Rita this song. It's like, this is the song that we're going to be singing on this part. And she's reading it, and she's like, this is about this woman. But Rita was like, but I knew the, the mission was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And then you see parts in that movie where Sadella, the only daughter of them, she had this really powerful respect and love for what he did, but at the same time, she had this really, she's like, she, she saw how much pain her mom went through and how much sacrifice she went through to make sure that boat floated throughout the times. And so what I always say is like, you know, most men are like Bob. They'll, they will they feel they can do what they want to do and they have a mission that's greater than everything and the woman is there to be, to just hold it down and be a part of that team. But rarely ever would there be a situation where Bob would be like, so Rita, tell me about your life. Do you have multiple loves that you'd like to explore too? Like it just, it would, it rarely gets reciprocated. That's why, you know, I always say the funny thing is like to really show this, this hypocrisy and the chauvinism, I tell men, think about, close your eyes and think about you being with two fine women. Like, just feel that for a minute. 
and then think about your girl, your wife, with two gangsta sexy ass dudes and just feel the difference of energy. Because a guy can feel like they can totally be with different women and still love their wife. Like they can totally understand that. They get that concept. Like I can love, uh, I can experience this on the road or this on the road and still love my family and still love my home. It doesn't change that. So the logic gets it on the man's side, but then the thought of, but can the woman go out and do the same thing? Well, and they just have this feeling, but they can't logically justify it because it doesn't make any damn sense. Be like, so you really don't think your wife would make good enough decisions to know who she should interact with or not? So therefore she can't? Like, but you have her take care of your kids and like the whole household and everything else, but that's where she can't and it just doesn't add up. Yeah, I don't think that that's actually a, uh, like that the concern is that she cannot make good decisions. The concern is just that, you know, my property is being... Right. Well, that's the real shit, but can men actually say that in 2017? That does, they will say anything but that, but that's the truth. It's like, well, I can, but she can't, she's mine. Right. It's like, it's, you know, I mean, we are all human. You have felt it. Everyone has felt it. It's, you feel it, but then what do you do with that feeling? Do you just let it stay there and let it, let you rule, you let that let feeling rule you. rule you? Or do you decide that, you know, okay, well, I felt that, that didn't feel good, but you know, what is it in reality? Right. The willingness to go deeper. Like, why is it that I feel so um, uncomfortable and have this cramp in my stomach when I think about my wife going out with another dude? And not just stop there and be like, fuck that. And then tell her, like, you know what? Nah, you don't need that. And a matter of fact, I'm going to get rid of all my girlfriends, too. Like, I don't even want friends that are girls. So instead of us growing and having more and having more trust, it's like, no, no, no. Let's just fuck it. I'll just sacrifice, too. But then what happens? That can only last for a certain amount of time because everyone's feeling deficient. So eventually, it's the seeping back out of finding other ways to gain that energy, that love, that validation, whether it's sexual or not. We talked about yeah, this earlier. I was just going to say that. The, defini- that the affair is very, is very right. It's not really yeah. about sex. It's about you know, going out and finding that energy in opposite sex uh, to where you uh, feel... Uh, uh, stop. Well, just... Uh, Maybe the same sex. Or same sex. Sorry, uh, 2017. But um, you know, in our situation, or in man-woman situation, marriage that we've been dealing with... Um, you know, they still seek it out. They just break oh. the bend the rules, break you know, like we're not having sex, but we're feeling that same energy, we're flirting, you're making me feel special and loved and you know, but we're not yeah, having sex. Yeah, I just sex. reread that cool article, like little article that um I sent it to you. I'm sure you did about not flirting. read it. I read it the first time. Yeah. About like, you know, the benefits of flirting with no intention of having sex. Right. That that's that makes your value go up that someone paying that attention to you right being seen and being yeah, felt. being seen and then there's this cool thing about being able to flirt and be very clear that there is no sex uh, at the end of that flirting and not insult the woman the person right like i thought that was really cool well, because like yeah. it's you know i've encountered that where Okay, well, my dilemma is I really have no intention of having sex. Right. But it's sometimes cool to flirt and have that energy, but then I don't want that to be attached to an expectation. Right. Well, it, it should, and that's the thing is we always talk about is sex 
is just a pathway. It is a tool, just like verbal communication, just like dance, just like art. These are tools. They can be used to create beautiful things. They can be used to destroy. They can be used to be for sport and mean nothing. They can be used for the ultimate love, divinity, sex thing. It's not the actual penis, vagina, or vagina, vagina, or penis, anus that makes it special. It's the intent. So mm-hmm. flirting in itself is an interaction. Yep. So it's the energy that's being transmitted. You can get energy of feeling seen, of feeling loved, of feeling sexy, of feeling powered without penis going in the mouth, vagina, mm-hmm. anus, you know, any of those things. But we always assume we're so addicted to the symbol that this is nothing. Like flirting is nothing without sex. So you're teasing me. Right. And it's, we're in reality, it's like, no, you're actually giving me energy right now. You're, you're nourishing me right, right. now. Yeah. I just don't associate that as beneficial as I'm fucking. Yeah. You know, so or once, like I think that the, in the goal-oriented society, that's the that, that's the ultimate goal. Right. Like I have not succeeded until, you know, I've put my dick inside of you. Right, and that's the conquest, conquer, energy like that. But um, but yeah, it's crazy, and that's what I talk about a lot. All is the fear of the alpha male. Like men just have an inherent discomfort with the thought of another male handling their their quote unquote their woman and it makes them because what it's like you whatever you're afraid of that's what that man you perceive that man to be so like i said if you're the if you're the athletic muscle-bound jock it's the intellectual guy who can have conversations with your woman that you don't even care to have or know to have if you're the intellectual it's the big jock that's mandingo with the 14 inch cock that's gonna just do things to your to your wife that'll she'll never recover and enjoy you for so whatever whatever it is you're scared of i swear i'm gonna go and find mandingo <laughs> you probably already found him he might be around the corner huh? uh but you know so it's that type of it's that type of fear and so when i would talk to my, my friends like on tour or just different people they'd be like nah i feel that I, I totally feel i could be open but i can't have my wife or my girlfriend but you know that. what i think like it was the coolest thing when one of our friends that, woman said like you know what i can totally be in an open relationship because i know how i can i'll handle it but i do not trust my husband because i feel remember i feel he's not like he's naive he's emotionally naive and that women will take advantage of him and then he's going to be pulled into this drama Right. So that was the flip side of well, that. And this goes into, we'll get into this later, but this goes into my analogies for the Warriors winning. Like, do, do you want to have your teammates be people that you have to micromanage to be safe? You know, or do you want a team where everyone's leading, where you totally trust that person in any circumstance to make the right decision? But if she honestly thinks like she's not someone that no, would, I know, like she's but not I'm doing saying, this on purpose. No, I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is in theory, in essence, when you're building something, do you want to be with somebody that you can't trust with freedom? Yeah, and I think that that's, so you and I have built that really, our relationship like that, but most people go into a relationship without thinking that... Right. So many years down the road, they're going to need that space. And is this person someone that will give me that space? Like, I've always thought, you know, when I get with someone, my most important thing is to make sure that, or, you know, reasonably sure, is that whoever I'm getting with 
is not a person that's going to make it hard for me to leave when I need to leave. But I don't think I've ever thought, well, I'm going to be with this person, but what happens 10 years down the road if I want to change our relationship? Right. That's not a normal question. No, no. Feelings, feelings that the people, we always operate on love is enough. I like you, you like me, we hang out right. a lot, we love right. each other, we like each other, we have sex a lot, we become a relationship, we like right. each other more, we have kids, and the next thing you know, we stop thinking about any of the details, um, we just go into living it. Um, but the reality is if we ask ourselves these questions and our goal is to try to help have these conversations, it's not about like we learn something or we're better than anybody else. Just let's let's try to inspire conversations. Like, do you value your freedom of decision? Like whether you're monogamous or not, or at work or at not, do you value your freedom of decision? Do you want to spend your time on a team where the teammates do not trust your decision-making process, therefore have to micromanage you and give you rules? Yeah, so, but listen, like look at how many people uh, have the apps on their phones to track. I mean, if, they don't, if they're not tracking each other physically, they're tracking their kids. Right. What do you think that tells the kids? That tells the kids they their parents have no trust in their decision making process. Right. Which means that their parents don't value that trust. Right. So and that just gets passed on. It's assumed we cannot trust kids. We don't trust each other. Well, that's awesome. Right. I mean that's that's the messy messy poo poo. So I mean so possibly the next generation is gonna be worse. Because they're used to their parents right, tracking them. Right, helicoptering them. them and, and, that's crazy. And hovering. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's to me, that's the, a very important thing. Like, you know, let's say you and I are monogamous. Do I want to feel like the only reason or the primary reason that you're with me in this monogamous relationship is because I got you to commit to sign a contract that you would not interact with any other people of, this, of attraction and I had some say in that, or do I want to feel like that I choose it? Every yeah, day. I yeah. she I give her, not even gifts. That's another. So I give her. She has right. this. I support and empower her birth-given right to have freedom of choice. And every day she goes in the world, and she has my support in the decisions she makes on who she interacts with, what career she takes, how she takes care of the kids. And every day she comes back and chooses monogamy with me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, you're a very different person, even from, uh, like, an example of us going through a total 100% uh, difference in opinion as to how to raise our very difficult at the time oldest one when there was completely 100% opposite. Right. I, I knew what I wanted to do and you were like, that's crazy. No, you're not. That is absolutely not at all what you should be doing. Right. And in a normal situation, it would have been a total, it would have right. been it a very difficult situation between, between the parents. Whereas, you know, Tian's opinion was extremely strong on one side and mine was completely non-negotiable on the, on the completely opposite side. And of course, I stood my ground, and of course, like I had zero hesitation at that point to tell you, you know what, I really do not care what you think. This is not how it's going to be because 
I know that what I'm doing is going to be the best and it's not negotiable. So you get to figure out how you want to deal with it. And like when I was standing my ground for her, I had zero problems with it. If I was to stand my ground for myself, it would have been a lot more difficult. Right. But and then you wisely so chose to completely retreat. And tell me that you're gonna support me and not inter- not interject. Right. And it worked out, but that's not the normal situation. Right. Normal situations, it probably would have broke up the relationship because the man would, and woman would be fighting still to this day over how it should go. Um, but yeah, it's 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 about empowering conscious decisions, about creating leadership. Like, if why would you want to be a part of any team where you can't trust your teammates? Like. Why would you want to have a marriage or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, um, the person you're supposedly investing the most time and energy and all your faculties in, and you don't trust their decision-making process? Like, logically, that sounds... You wouldn't do that with a business partner. No, but then you also, like Esther Perel said, you know, you tune your business constantly... Right. But you don't do that to your marriage. So, I mean, right. that's, so it, that's but kind that's, of it's the same that's thing. That's the irony of yeah. it, right? Like, yeah. supposedly the marriage is supposed to be the most important part of our existence when we're building. It's our foundation. It was where we come home to. But yet we treat it with less care, less regard, and less focus than we do our businesses or I really our hobbies. Think, you know, I really think that, you know, our parents didn't have that, uh, I guess, luxury of, of choosing what style of a relationship they want to have if they came into it this is a marriage this is going to last if if there are problems they divorced and that's that and we are probably one of the first generations where you know after being with someone for 10 15 years you naturally go like eh, this is boring you know this is just routine i want something else and then you start thinking about it. You have the time, ability. You have all this information. You start reading about things. Right. Other people. You start listening to people. You start talking, and you're like, "That makes total sense to me." Right. Let's you, talk about it. So it's probably the first time that we're starting to have these conversations, and of course, it's difficult. Right. And it's so. It, the crazy thing is, is, in 2017, with all these freedoms and progression and read between the lines and conscious decision making and thought the concept of freedom of decision making and trusting each other's decisions and compersion in relationships is still super minority like mm-hmm. I'm the most smartest wisest enlightened empowered people still because it's very so difficult it's, di- it's difficult it's sensitive it's the most sensitive that you can get it is. I mean, what, I mean what, clearly what it is, is based upon that. Yeah. I mean, I would think, you know, logically you'd think racism would be more sensitive or yeah. oppression well, or, you know. racism does not affect us unless it affects us every single, like, it doesn't, Well, but I'm, even for, know, I'm saying even not, for, like, for example, racism for black and Latino people affects them more than these other things. But yet we'll fight for that. We'll talk about that. We'll analyze that. But when it comes to our our relationships we still like we do not want to deal with that it's still very minority that we even address the essence of the relationship styles and structures and where they came from so i think that kids should be taught or it should be some like a common thing like listen you get into a relationship you get married it's great 
it is a given that after a certain number of years or, uh, you know, unless you put extra super effort into it and unless you guys are complete, I don't know, magic constantly runs between you two, you will get bored. Right. Like there is no, it's not a mystery. I think it's a fact. And then let's think about what is it that you will want, what are your options at that point? Right. But, you know, like I I can absolutely sit all of our kids down and have that conversation with them that, hey, this is just a function of a long-term relationship. Right. It's nothing good, nothing bad. It just, that's a function. You need to be aware of it and, you know, think ahead. Right. Like, what are you, how, what are you going to do? I mean, we were just laughing tonight looking at how our oldest one, like she's been in a four-year relationship with her boyfriend, and this is the first time, and they were separate for a year, last two years. He was in college, she's in college. This is the first time that she's at home and she's not running to see him. Right. And we're like, hey, what's happening? And she's like, well, I'll be with him for the next four weeks. I can handle my time. Like, I, right. this is cool. So yeah. I think that she's already learning. Like, hey, we've been together for four years. Right. Like, I, this is a thing now. I don't have to be all googly, you know. Right, like, like, like it's just going to run out. And, and the real... And like, I have to pace myself. Right. And I think what she's feeling and learning, too, is, you know, the relationship grows with time apart as well. Like, it's not just time together where it grows. It grows a time apart. People grow. They experience different things in life. They learn more about themselves, and they have yeah. more to bring to the table. Um, and also, as they get more secure in the relationship, you know, then they get more secure spending time apart. Yeah. And see more value in it. Yeah. So, you know, it's just fascinating just how... You know, we're 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 we have so much access to information. We 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 challenge the norm all the time. We talk about it, disrupt, read between the lines. Um, you know, don't just believe what the news and media tells you. Don't believe what's on the back of your food wrapping. All these things. Read, learn, read, learn, learn. But then when it's about relationships, like nope, this is how it is. Monogamy is what it is, and. Um, that's it. Well, I, I mean, know. I'd be totally fine with monogamy, but monogamy without an effort to keep each other excited and stimulated and happy. Right. Well, That's just yeah. how it is. Monogamy or any style where it's not yeah. based upon control. Yeah. Unfortunately, the foundation of monogamy is based upon control. It's not based upon women's empowerment by nature. So if you have that relationship, it's not saying you cannot have that. But the structure is not set up for two people to continue to grow. Can I blame the fairy tales? Sure. Blame the fairy tales. Blame them. Because, right, so what happens every freaking single time? They fall in love, they get married, and they ride out into the sunset for happily ever after. And no one, like, can we have, like, you know, a whatever fairy tale... 2.0, 2.0, fairy tale 3.0, right. what happens five years down the road, right. 10 years down the road, and that's how kids would learn. Right, like this happened, they had to change their relationship, they right. had to rebuild it. And that would be totally yeah. fine. And then if you if you raise kids with that, right. then they're like, oh, okay, well, no need to freak out. This right. is year 10 of our relationship. Of course this will happen. This has to change and evolve. What's Esther Perel saying about her marriage? Well, she said that uh, she's only been married... 
to one person. She's been married for 30 years, but she says that it's as if she's been married many times to different people, yeah, she to said, the same yeah, person. She says she has several different marriages, right. but all to the same person. Right, and that's because circumstances change, and then as circumstances change, then the relationship has to change. Right, and the reality is, you know, if we're doing life right, we're growing. <laughs> you know, if we're doing life right, we're learning about ourselves and other people, and experiences help us learn those things. So what we to agreed to 10 years ago that worked for us then, who we were then, since we're not the same people now, there's a, probably a chance that and we may need to where, amend okay, that. Okay, so here's where my problem with a lot of people is, some of them I'm really good friends with, is that they click save on their life and they do not grow, like literally do not grow. Right. And then when I try pushing... I'm the crazy one. Like mm. I'm the one that just can't, can't sit still. Like, what's wrong with you? Why do you always have to be pushing? And I'm like, well, I'm. I. It's boring to me if I. I don't want to click save because I know what will happen. As soon as I click save, then I'm bored out of my mind and I'm gonna destroy the whole thing. Right. But like, you have to keep pushing. You have to grow. Well, Otherwise, yeah. why are you living? Right, but so, there is total. I mean, there's there's a legitimate. Well, we know group we know to each their own, that, of course. That that's that's but, totally fine. But so maybe I want to run this conspiracy theory by you. <laughs> that do you think perhaps that due to the fact that their relationship structure does not is very rigid and it doesn't change, that it's best that they don't change because if they change or grow, they may outgrow that situation and then they'll have to face the reality that. It no longer suits them, and then what do they do? It's it, yeah, I, that's totally that's totally possible, completely. And then people can consciously choose the safety of what they have versus what they don't know. Right. Uh, and then they don't trust their own intuition. They don't trust that they may be better. Uh, you know uh, that they can go and explore and push. Uh, so that's, you know, that's right. frustrating. It's a biggie. It's... And then also the biggie is, and we've seen it recently in several different situations, is what happens when you grow and you and your partner grow, but your growth is not parallel anymore. Yeah. And you're, it's very clear that there are some really to core... To the outsiders. Well, right. Well, there's very... Well, even to, a lot of times to them, they just don't want to... They feel it, but they don't want to just click that button on the equal sign that there are some serious core irrecon irreconcilable differences in philosophy. But you're so attached... Which is not bad. Right. But if you're, but they're so attached to the family structure, to the security, that the fear of losing that is in direct conflict with their growth. Yeah, I, it's a hard situation because, you know, how would you like to have to dismantle our family? Right. It's, it's, it's a hard-ass thing to do. Right. Well, that's the thing is it, it really, as you're building your life and you're reflecting on your life and re-evaluating it, what are you committed to? And being clear about that. If you're committed to this family being this way, no matter what, no matter how good it is for anybody, then that's your primary focus. If your commitment is growth, and empowerment, and even if that empowerment means that people grow apart, then that's part of the equation that you'll have to face. I think what like I think that it's much easier to come to the conclusion that all right, this is not going to work for me, 
if the other person is doing something or the way that they want to live, uh, their choices are clearly, like clearly go against your principles. Right. But if there's ambiguity there and it is not so clear, you just feel uncomfortable or you don't like it, but you can't really pin it to a specific thing that they're doing against your principles, then it's difficult. Right. Then you're like, maybe it's me. Right. Well, at maybe, that point, yeah. you know, I mean, if and as long as you have this, you know, I mean, I think that luckily or unluckily it was not, it was, I didn't have that moral dilemma with John because it literally, I was very, very clear that his choice, like his lifestyle choice was just not my lifestyle choice. Right. There was no ambiguity there. Right. It was clear that, hey, you, you, as long as you're choosing to do this, I will not be okay with that. And then we spent so many years trying to work it out and find some balance and it became very clear after so many years that there was no balance to be found. And that the longer that I sat around there, the more damage it was gonna do to me. But I was very, very clear on that. And right. I was willing to make that change and cause the whole disruption for the kids and you know for, for for him because it was clear but if you're not clear and if you have that doubt right. and you're like well yeah if you're not as confident in yourself and trusting your judgment intuition and comfort that you can survive if you make a change yeah there's that but there's i think really is that if you have if your partner is doing something and you're not happy but you're not clear as to why then I would have a really hard time making that decision. Yeah. As long as I'm feeling, maybe it's me, maybe I need to work on myself. Right. I would continue working on myself. Right, well that's definitely, to me that would be a few steps away from defining and determining what that conflict is. Like when you're feeling something's not quite right, like you, you're realizing that you're not happy. Then you go, is it me, is it him, is it us? And you go, maybe it's me. And you work on you first. And then you have the conversation with the other, with your partner. And then based upon what you guys talk about, you start learning. But eventually, if you have these conversations long enough, you get to that point. Well, like, yeah, but the, the thing is the eventually, that we're, well, The know. relationship that we're talking about, there's not much ambiguity. There is, to us, I don't no, think but, that I mean, they see it like that we're, not, we're just saying in a in situation where it becomes clear that what one person wants, the other person does not want to provide that. So you do more research, like you said. You yeah. know, there was a clear, with you and John, there was a clear issue. Yeah. You wanted, this, you didn't like the, the alcohol abuse. Yeah. He clearly was, that was a part. So you said, well, let me, let's spend some time trying to see and figure this out. It's very clear what it was. You just want yeah. to see if it was permanent or not. Right. Once you took the time, you do your due diligence to build because the relationship is worth it enough right. to invest the time to try to see if there's a way to find an amicable balance. And then there's not. Right. You were like, okay, I need to leave. Yeah. So in these situations that we're talking about, they already see that there is a clear difference. Maybe they're not further. Maybe they haven't spent the years yet to be like, okay, this difference, is right. it a core difference or is it something yeah. that we can change? Yeah. But so do you think that it's easier, So you know, in, in my situation with John, it was like an external thing. You know, drugs, alcohol. Right. I think it's easier to be like, oh, he's just, you know, he drinks and I cannot deal with that. Or right. he 
does drugs and I cannot deal with that, or he hits me and I cannot deal with that. Right. But when it's more of a lifestyle choice and like like an emotional, you know, detachment, right. which is not as visual, right? And it's an internal thing. It's probably a lot more well, difficult. It's diff to me. It's difficult because there's honor. And I had to leave my husband because he was doing drugs, or because he beat me, or because alcoholic. Um, but it's not honorable to be like, right? I had, to, I wanted to open up my relationship so I could have more freedom, and my wife, my husband, did not want that, so we left because there's shame in that. Because when people, it's so easy for the other person to be like, "Wow, you guys broke up? What happened?" Well, he wanted to have more sex, right. and then they feel like, "Oh, he let go of all of that because he wanted to have sex." So he was selfish. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much shame in that. So that's what makes it harder, um, in my mind, because I've seen women stay with men who beat them. I've seen women stay with men who are alcoholic. Oh. You know, I've seen women. I see them stay all the time. Um, I think the combination of difficulty is self-esteem, support, empowerment, belief, support system, right? Um, and that somehow that that amends they make that. My kids will be fine without this broken family if it's truly broken. Like I will be, or we will, we will be better separate than we are together for the kids, and the kids can feel what is going on. They're not blind to that. Um, but adjusting or agreeing to disagree in a relationship and separating or divorcing because of what people deem as sexual nature things is. Full of shame. Unless someone cheated, then of course you have right. to leave. Then, <laughs> then, then you, you can leave the if right. they cheat. Yeah. Right. You can leave if they cheat. <laughs> um, but you can't discuss it. You know, so that's the only one thing. It's like, but that's like a, a act against what you. What happened? Well, he cheated on me. Oh, <gasps> oh yeah. Okay. You let that man go. Yeah. <laughs> Not even like, but did you, were you providing what you right. had agreed to in your as a relationship? Like, right. you know. Never what, mind that you guys didn't have sex for 10 years. Yeah. And you yeah. just never wanted it. No one was enjoying yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, and also, so, we'll, we'll, one thing before we go into our break is, you know, we talk about, we want truth, and we want honesty, um, but the reality is we have to ask ourselves, do we really create that space for our wife, boyfriend, husband to be honest with us? Like, think about the last time your spouse, partner, lover, whatever, was completely honest with you. On some really difficult shit, and think about how you re how you responded, how you received that. Yeah. Did you go, oh wow, you're so you're not turned on by me right now, huh? That's interesting. Why is that? You know, if, if it usually is it usually is treated with not love. If you're like, I want to open this relationship up, and I'm like, what? Like, are you crazy? Yeah. You wanna you wanna ruin this because you want some D. And then what does that tell the woman? Well, mental note. Just never tell him or talk to him about that shit again. Yeah. And so the reality a lot of times is that we don't create the environment for truth and honesty to grow, to have the hard conversations based upon how we talk about it. And the analogy we always use is if your kid comes home oh. drunk and you're like, are you drunk? If you ever drink, do you ever come home with drugs again? I will, you will not leave this house till you're 45 years old. Then that tells the kid like, okay, I can't be honest with my parents because of the way when I tried to be honest and told them that I had some drinks and I didn't feel good, um, they treated me like 
it was the worst thing ever. So I'm just going to never be honest with that person again about that. Well, and we do that in relationships all the time. Mm-hmm. And then people wonder why people are dishonest. Like dishonesty and lying in relationships, like we say, it's a two-part thing a lot of times. It's rarely just one person because they just chose to. Um, there are times when it's very much so that a person tried to be honest about something and it wasn't received well. So they just said, well, I'm just not going to be honest about that. Poor you. I'm sorry. You know, so. Sorry. So then Mandingo <laughs> becomes Sally. Oh, I'm going to go hang out with Sally and Sally's yeah. killed for Mandingo. Yeah. You know, things like that. So, yeah, for real. <laughs> we'll go on a break. So, you know, we talked about before Eula had a birthday. She turned 22. And uh, one thing she wanted for her birthday was yet another birthday song. She probably has enough birthday songs for me to do a double LP. <laughs> but she wanted a birthday song. That's the luxury that I have. Yep. So I don't ever complain to her about not making my beats, not mixing my tracks. You know, so that doesn't really tie in, does it? No. All right, cool. No. Well, listen to the song, Black Russian Podcast. We'll get back. We'll talk about these dubs and how the analogies I've drawn to the how the warriors play to the style of relationships we choose to have or not. The Black yeah. Russian Podcast. Buku one. Six eleven one seven. General sound system. Another revolution, another revelation. A great day to bring forth a birthday celebration. My empress, co-pilot, mother of our nation. Gemini, I and I, what a crazy combination, but it works. Complimentary parts, spark the craft work. Eyes wide, being brave, not afraid of trench work. Growth hurts like bone spurs and growth spurts, but it's part of the plan to understand what it's worth. And we're not perfect. Nah, that's not our goal nor our purpose. We love us, we hurt us, we help us discuss. All the while through the trials, grateful, building us, building trust. Bearing both our chests, yes. We both invest the actual currency, sweat capital, yes. Identifying what's real and what's stress. Snuggle up and cocoon and rest. The growth is soon. What you live is what you lead with, so. All it knows is the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you lead with, so. All it knows is the only thing that's what you live is what you lead with, so all it knows is the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you lead with, so all it knows is the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you lead with, so all it knows is the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you lead with, so all it knows is the only thing that's yours. What a difference 365 makes when you are grateful for 360 degrees of lessons rotating in spirals. Circulates sins, trembles up the spine. Jadan Blackamore, protege and Janine. We look and we find out. Guidance by Kabaka, pyramid and chronics, no doubt. And it shows, I suppose, it's a delicate skill, but who knows? It's a warfare. No matter the size of the hill, let's lean in and climb, because we'll be rewarded with infinite reveals in time. We are chosen to blaze this trail so blaze these words give thanks and praise for every verb and the fruits of our labor of love we love the love that is the truest based upon a collective birth vision fulfilled set free empowered to infinity let's stay strong infinitely yes 
Hmm. Let's go. What you live is what you leave with. So hold it close, it's the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you leave with. So hold it close, it's the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you leave with. So hold it close, it's the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you leave with. So hold it close, it's the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you leave with. So hold it close, it's the only thing that's yours. What you live is what you leave with. So hold it close, it's the only thing that's yours. Another revolution, another revelation. A great day to bring forth the birthday celebration. My Empress co-pilot, mother of a nation. Gemini, I deny what a crazy combination, but it works. And the pot spark the craft work. Eyes wide being brave, not afraid of trench work. Growth hurts like bone spurs and growth spurts. But it's part of the plan to overstand what it's worth. And we are not perfect, not at all. <laughs> Nah, that's not their goal nor their purpose We love us, we hurt us, we help us discuss All the while through the trials Being grateful, building us, building trust Bearing both our chests, yes, yes We both invest the actual currency Sweat capital, yes Identify what is real and what is stress Snuggle up, cocoon, the rest The growth is soon Yeah, 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 yeah. That is Eula's birthday song by yours truly, Buku One. It's called The Growth. It has, obviously, to us, not obviously to you, but we have Protege in there and John Nine in there because those are her favorite. Protege is my new love. That's Mandingo. Not your Mandingo. No. Different kind of. I mean, that's not the Mandingo, Mandingo that I. Think you have in mind? Uh, well, well, you have this. I don't. I, I, I think <laughs> I told you before. Like my, the alpha male that I fear is not a physical form anymore. I've, I've emancipated myself from this image of this person. So it's not image; it's an energy. Um, so then, if it's energy, then it shouldn't be mandingo, because no, mandingo is I, like I, I say man, physical. I say mandingo because most men's fear of the alpha male right. is that. It's like okay. if you ever watch. Interracial porn, right, right. Like the black dude that comes in. Only hella, porn I watch. Hella buff with like the Timberlands with the socks, right? And like a, a hat <laughs> and like a big ass cock. That's, that's that's it. And they come in with their homies, and there's this one girl and she's just getting deboned, and like that's what men envision that happening. Well, then you have right to detach from that one. Yeah, I emancipate myself from that. I know that even if if you do that, you still come home. Right. Like as 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 big as they are, they probably don't watch forensic shows like I do. You know, they could have the, the most amazing cock skills ever, but they don't cuddle like I do. Yeah, I don't. You think know, they it's may not. They that. may take you bowling. They may not. You know, like there's just so many things that I do to to make sure that I'm secure in my relationship. <laughs> that even if I'm not the all well, right, protege is not Mandingo. No, he's no. he's he's like he's, he's a, like my soulmate. Yeah, he's your soulmate. Yeah. So uh, he's a Gemini. He's a Gemini. So he yeah, does not believe in monogamy. Yeah, and that's that's I was gonna say like the first song that we came in off of was a song by Protege called, and you can talk a little bit about it. Uh, what's it called? Hold on. It's called Arguments. Arguments, and yeah, and it's about a girl trying to keep him in a relationship, and he's like, no, I tried monogamy. I didn't like all the nagging that came with it. 
Yeah. And that's amazing because um, reggae artists, for the most part, male reggae artists, they may not always be monogamous, but they never say that they're not monogamous for the most part. Or they just say, I just, I don't commit, I have free love, but it's rarely ever talked about in a direct sense. And that's a beautiful thing. So hopefully that's the new generation, like I said. With Protégé and Janine, they talk, they actually address things that aren't normally addressed. So They're both about, I think he's 36, she's 33 or something like that. That's cool. If you haven't heard any Protégé or Janine or Kabaka Pyramid or Jadan Blackamore chronics, you should check them out. Because the revolution is now as far as the conscious reggae movement. Um, And they're just real dope. And they speak a lot to a lot of us. So... That's where we are with that. You know, we got through a lot of the patriarchy stuff. Do you want to say any any more things to wrap it up before we go into this warrior's analogy? Well, I just don't want to, you know, as feisty as I get and as much as I want to encourage uh, not following those rules, I also understand that there's a balance, that, you know, there's a balance in every relationship, that it's totally fine to spoil your man, it's totally fine to not force them to do chores if that works. And I think, you know, where I am personally with it is that I am mostly fine with it. I just don't want to be assumed to be the only one doing it. And, you know, I'm looking for my own balance. I'm not too far off. Uh, and I also don't want to be this whole, you know, flaming feminist of like, you know, let's burn the whole thing down. Anyone who has a dick is not okay. Because obviously we need both. And obviously, uh, you know, I always like I'm, I'm a fan of uh, committing to the balance that's usually in the middle. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's about conscious decision making and being able to be around people places things in life controlling the space and the energy you invest in not by controlling other people but by what you choose to say yes to and what you don't i always heard a saying that's really that really resonates with me is the universe gives you more of what you say yes to and so in relationships you know if you want freedom of choice and freedom of decision making process like you have to fight for that yeah. And you have to speak upon that. And you have to keep speaking and upon that. it's not comfortable at all. It's not comfortable. It's not... It seems so logical. And you think, well, people love you. Of course, he, he loves you. Of course, he wants to give you that. He wants you to be who you are. But the reality is fear is a very strong, dominant player in most relationships. And you will find that sometimes your happiness or your partner's happiness and your fear or their fear don't agree and a lot of times unless we address those fears um that happiness takes a backseat to fear yeah because i mean as close as we are you know married couple i'm still the only one that's gonna take care of myself and you're still the only one that's gonna take care of yourself in the end we're all out for ourselves right and And that's that's just a fact i mean it's not it's not, you know, making someone look bad. It's just that's how it is. I will always look out for my own interests first. Right. And, and the truth is, the truest way to look out for yourself is to be true to yourself and be honest and encourage other people to do the same. It's not like my truth um, overshadows your truth. It's like, no, no, no. We all need to be 
who we're supposed to be and let's then figure out who we are. So in a relationship, it's hard for me to determine what true love is if myself and my partner are not being true to who we are, because then we don't even know who we are. So in order for us to really see if what we have is meant for us, then we need to have the room to be completely who we're supposed to be and go from there. And either we grow together like that or we go, oh, we're diametrically opposed right now. But I I don't want you to not be you for me. I want you to be 100% who you are because the universe needs you to do that. There, there There are other women, there are other men that are waiting to meet you as your true self. And if I hinder that, I'm stepping in the way of the universal flow. And it's a lot bigger than my personal pain. It's a very selfish thing for communities, for society, if you really go deep enough with me. Um, So let's really try to be who we're supposed to be and then figure out who we're supposed to be with. And if we're supposed to keep a men to grow, retract with our... So basically we shouldn't be married until like our mid-40s. No, because no, your true self today. I don't think you'll ever know your true, complete, entire self in your, while you're living, if you're doing it right. Like, because when I'm 15, I knew my true self then, but that's not, the, the true self at 15 is not the true self at 25. So it's a, it's a constant thing, and this goes into our Golden State Warrior stuff. So as you know, we're from the Bay Area, and we are Warriors fans, and we've been Warriors fans long before they were winning. Um, and the fact that they've won two in the last three years is insane considering that before the last, the first one they won, it was 30 something years mm-hmm. before. So people talk about we're the superpower now. It's like, dude, we just got in this, we just finally getting some winning. Can we soak that up a little bit? But for us, it's not only that they're winning, it's how they're winning. And they play excellent team basketball. They play high level team basketball where they support and trust each other and they build on the highest levels. It's not superstar ball. Um, and so I was like, you know, let me draw some analogies between the Golden State Warriors and like, you know, type of relationships. I bet you that wasn't hard because you've been drawing these analogies yeah. to me for the last I, year and a half. I live, I live, learn, and teach in analogy form. So it's very easy. So, you know, what we ask ourselves is, you know, do you want the Golden State Warriors level of love, like championship, competing, breaking records type of love? Or do you want the Philadelphia 76ers type love. Because there's clearly different levels of commitment that go into just being in the NBA and winning 10 games a year and being at the top of the NBA winning 67, 73 games a year. Um, And that's in relationships. We have to choose that. Do you think the rewards of being a Golden State Warrior are higher than the rewards of being a 76er at the end of the year? Most definitely. But... But so is the pain of not getting right and making mistakes. The pain is higher. The level of commitment is higher. The level of work is higher. So in our relationships, do does the work that we put into our relationships reflect the type of relationships we really want to have? Because a lot of us say we want warrior level relationships, but we're given Philadelphia seventy six or level commitment and working ourselves and stuff like that. You know, because it's about the hard work, consistent work. You know, good all around diet, like not just physical diet, but mental diet, spiritual diet, like how we treat each other, how we nourish ourselves. You know? I think one of the coolest things over the last, you know, year and a half, two years that I started to actually be uh, more transparent with my friends as to what goes on in our relationship is seeing how, um, I guess, unusual it is 
for anyone to put that much work into it. They're like, dude, you're constantly processing right. or you're constantly going through something. Like, is there a time that you're not processing? I'm like, well, the time that I'm not processing is, you know, in between processing. Right. You know, it could be a day, it could be a week, it could be, you know, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be a while, but then something happens and I'm straight back to it. Yeah, and the reality is processing in this form is like training, recovering, resting for an athlete, a professional athlete. Like processing is not always a bad thing. It can be processing how things went good. It can be processing how to maintain that level. It can be processing the learning, the wisdom from it all. Um, but it's work. It takes work. But, our, but the definition of work for a Golden State Warrior is not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. Um, you know, and that's, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. So does the work we put in match the expectations we have? You know, also teamwork, compersion, encouraging each other to lead, believing in them. Like each person on the Warriors is genuinely excited when their player, their teammate gets shine. You know, like Steph Curry and them loved it when JaVale McGee was getting shine. You know, they love it when Dave, when David West was getting shine. They loved it to the point where they brought KD in as a superstar. They superstar Steph Curry brought another yeah. superstar in and was like, "Don't I'm willing to make room because for the greater good of us." He was happy when KD got the MVP. He wasn't mad at him. Yeah. And that's the thing is like they encourage each other to shine. They employ that in relationships. In our relationship, we have to ask ourselves: Do we get excited when our partner shines? Do we get excited when they're well received by other people? What about if you're a man with a wife? Do you get excited when she's well received by other men? Even just in conversation, accolades, friendship, or do we cower or do we go, we want to stifle that. We make them feel guilty for, for being seen or for being attractive or getting compliments. You know, and that's, that's one of those things is that are we compersive in our relationships? Do we get excited? You know, like... Oh, we get excited. Well, we get excited. <laughs> but in general, like, you know, not every team, when someone else is getting shine, does the other player appreciate that? Especially if it's a, if it's a selfish clearly, star. Clearly. You know, if they're not getting their shots up, they mad. Mm-hmm. They could be winning and still be mad because they didn't get their shots up. You know? Uh, um, Houston Rockets. Right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and thinking of selflessness, you know, being willing to, like, you know, play different roles... And accommodate the greater goal of the team, like Andre Godala, who was a starter all of his life in the NBA, and then was told to come off the bench, and he came off the bench to help the team, and that was the year the team won the championship, and he got MVP in the finals. But he had to be willing to yeah. make room and to let the let the let the, the team grow, and thinking in relationship form, like if you need more space, if you need more um, access to energy and love and and appreciation for you to be the better person you need to be for our team to grow like being able to be like you know what i support that it's not easy for me you know it may it may affect my my self-esteem a little bit but you know what if that's what we need i'm willing to do that like that's what a lot of people don't do it's like look i want us to win but i need to start and if i'm not starting i want to win i'd rather lose than be on the bench you know and that type of stuff um Faith over fear, you know, trusting in each other, like having faith, passing that ball to that person and trusting that they're going to do, make them make the right decision. And if they fuck up, you still pass it to them. You never take that away from them. And the team that you build, you never take that away. 
Steph Curry could turn the ball over a thousand times, but you trust in this person to lead you, so you keep passing that person that ball. You know, and that's having faith over fear. Fear would be like, ooh, last time I passed him that ball, he threw it out. I'm just not, last time I passed him that shot, he didn't take the shot or he missed. Yeah. I'm not gonna give it to him no more. You know, and that, that demotivates and uninspires a team. So if I don't trust you in our relationship, and just because you've messed up before, I just go, you know what? I don't trust you anymore. So now you need to tell me everything, when, where, what. It's gonna eventually kill your enthusiasm for the team. And you're gonna wanna, you're start daydreaming about being on some other team where you're actually supported and loved. Um, you know, daily habits matter. Like what we do on a daily basis as a team matters. You know, how we eat, how we sleep, the nourishment. Like, you know, if you're around stress and negative ass energy every day, it's going to affect our team. Yeah. You know, um, if we're constantly eating shitty food as far as human shitty food, like we're just constantly interacting with negative ass people. I think that there's so many cool things that you and I do that when I ask other people and they don't do them, and I go, really? Why? Like, I mean... What are some of those little... I, you know, like, we we don't just talk all... I mean, sometimes we talk a lot, sometimes we don't talk a lot, but, you know, we will get some sexy stuff in during the day. Like right. we will, you know, if you feel it and I, or I feel it, like we'll say it and that makes the other one smile right. and it like makes, or if I go, oh, I miss you, you know, like we now, now that we have learned what that means, you know, that's a cool thing, right. you know, like we maintain the high touch yeah. throughout the day, whether we talk or not, like right. whether we talk a lot or we don't talk a lot. Right. But we're, like, we're compersive. Yeah. We, we sexed, we still sexed. Yeah, You know, sure. like after 14 years, like we're still like excited to like do that. We Wake up we, to a picture of my booty. On yeah, the she still takes <laughs> selfies, booty selfies in the, in the bedroom. Like we're in the same bed every night. She'll get up in the morning and by the time I wake up, I'll have a booty picture. Like how cute is that? That is love. Also, we go to lunch together. We'll make time yeah. to go to lunch. Yeah. Um, we make time to hang out outside of the, the house. Yeah, no, all of it. We make time to go away, you know, we make time to, uh, you know, like we definitely have consistently more sex than most people. Um, And then when I ask someone who doesn't have a, you know, a very happy relationship, well, do you guys do this or do you guys do that? Or when was the last time you went away? And it's like, oh, uh, some years ago. Right. You're like, well, how do you think this thing's gonna go? Right. It's like, like it's clearly. Like, I mean, I understand you're unhappy, but you're also not doing what you should be doing. Right. That's like playing on a team where there's hell of all stars, but they don't get along. So they don't. They don't. Yeah. They have no team chemistry. They don't spend time together. They don't gel. The daily habits aren't. They don't trust each other. Like when you know, when you have a team that really loves to play together, they really spend time together. They care, so they learn each other's tendencies. They know how to feed them the rock. They know where the, where, the, where Clay Thomas likes the ball when I'd, it gets passed right, and stuff. No, and, I mean I'd still you know. having having a choice. I'd still rather go to lunch with you than anybody else, or I'd still rather go to the movies or go away with you than some anybody else. Right. And so, you know, these are all team dynamics, like the, the effort we put into the team. Um, another one is 
every team has time away from each other. <coughs> other endeavors, other passions, even other teams. Like Steph Curry has a family. You know, when he's not when he's not playing basketball, he's golfing with some other friends. You know, in the off season, they may play for USA basketball with other people, but they have time away from each other as well. They support each other's lives beyond their team as the Warriors. Like they have other things they do, other endeavors, other passions, and they support each other in those passions. They don't have this feeling of like, I think you're spending too much time on your brand. Or I think you're spending too much time talking about church. Or I think you spend too much time golfing. It's like they encourage that because they know that encouragement and power a person to have a very well-rounded life gives them some form of gravity mm-hmm. and some form of sense of purpose and support. Um, and that's also very important. <coughs> a lot of relationships, we spend too much time together and don't allow time for the other person to just have a different perspective or miss us. We don't give them time to miss us. Um, we don't give them time to go get a different perspective. Like, go be around other people. You know, <coughs> go have deep conversations with other people. Go be moved by other people, other places. So you can see what it's like to be moved in a different way. It gives you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's like going to, like, for example, you know, the Bay Area. I, we love the Bay Area, but if we were forced to be in the Bay Area and never leave, it would change our relationship to the Bay. So going to Brazil helps our love for the Bay. Spending having a great time in New York really enhances our love for the Bay. Going to Costa Rica is amazing, but it enhances our love for the Bay. So the going away and having time away from things that we love and people we love is actually a good thing and supporting that. Yeah, that's how. That's why when I say I miss you, that's an actually good thing. I'm always excited to feel that feeling. Right. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't seen him in five hours. I miss him. Right, and so it's these type of things that good teams have. Also, the thing about a good team is they understand that everybody on that team is still a human. They're gonna make mistakes. You know, like we're gonna make mistakes. Draymond Green is still gonna get technical fouls. Like. He's still going to lose his temper. But that doesn't mean we don't have faith in Draymond Green to do what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's going to turn the ball over. It's a part of his way he plays. You know, he breaks rules. He doesn't always do it the, 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 found the fundamental way. But that's part of the reason why we love him. That's why he comes up with shots that people wouldn't even think he would shoot. Yeah. You know, even teams, as they train together, as they build together, um, they'll never get perfect, but... That's not the goal or the purpose. You know, even the Warriors at 73 and 9 with the best record in the whole NBA ever, ever, ever still lost, still lost the champions, lost the finals. Yeah. You know, like they lost games this year. They won the championship, but they still lost games. You know, that will happen. And how they treat each other when they lose or how they treat each other when Clay Thompson's not making a lot of shots. Or how we treat each other when Steph Curry, you know, costs us the game. Like, they don't scold them. They don't treat them like they're evil. They don't go, I can't trust you anymore. Mm -hmm. They go, it's all good. Like, I know you know better. But let's go back and watch the tape. We'll all watch the tape. You know, like, look, this is where you see where you did that. See that? Okay, you see that. Okay, this is what we can't keep doing. Okay, cool. And let's go back to work. Unless the next game, I'm going to give you the same ball. And that's another thing. It's like when people hurt each other, if there's an affair, if there's cheating, do we do, do people do that? Like, hey, okay, let's talk about what happened. You know, I'm hurt. You know, I'm hurt that you did that. We, we practiced this play over and over again and you still did this shit. 
So let's go back and look at the tape. Let's go relive it. It's uncomfortable, but let's go relive it. Let's get through it. Now, can we move past this? Are we, are we committed to this team ball we're going to play? If the answer is yes, okay, cool. We're going to work to get back to the top. And when it's game time, I'm still going to pass you the ball. I'm never going to not let you lead. You are meant to lead on this team. That is your role. You know, versus like, fuck it, I can't even handle you. Like, I'm just going to trade you off. Steph Curry, you fucked up. I'm going to trade you to the Milwaukee Bucks now because I just, you know, you cheated on me. Like, you didn't, you didn't, you dropped the ball. Like, how could you do that? You know, but it's a different way. And so in all of our relationships, we can be more like the Warriors. Even the Cleveland Cavaliers can be more like the Warriors. <laughs> they wish they could be. More well, like they just the need Warriors. they need a little more team play. They okay. need a and another thing is every good team has coaches. We have the Warriors wouldn't be the Warriors without Steve Kerr. He can manage motions. He knows when to turn it up. He knows when to turn it down. He knows how to deal with different personalities, and he has guidance and vision. Um, most of us in life, and especially in relationships, we don't have any coaches or mentors. Like, who are we referring yeah. to in our relationships to help us, guide us, to navigate these things? Well, our family, like our parents. Yeah, and as we know, all of our parents don't always have the best yeah. uh, track record as far as successful relationships. They may not have what you want in life. Yeah. So it's very important to find uh, coaches and mentors in all areas of your life. But since we're talking about relationships... You know, I mean, the problem there is that uh, you look at people's social media and every family is perfect. <laughs> so we all assume that everyone's perfect, no one's talking about it. The actual real problems and the actual real issues, I mean, that's the whole premise of why we're even doing this podcast is to speak about things that most people will not talk about so how are you going to get coaches when seemingly everyone's doing just great right dig deeper <laughs> you may not find everything on social media um but do research there's people who who talked about who are relationship therapists there's esther perels there's Susie albrights there's dan savages there's just the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot. But if you don't have a good coach, then that may be a part of the reason why it's not working as smoothly. A coach could be a therapist. It, yeah. could, be a, it could be a relationship therapist. It could be any of these things. But if you don't have a coach, that could be a huge part of maybe, the, maybe there's something that you and your teammate are missing that you need a coach to point out. I think I want to be a relationship therapist. Yeah. I'm about to go get your, get your whoop-de-whoop. Do I have to? No, not if you have a podcast. If you do this long enough, people ask us questions anyways, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the coaches. A coach is important. Steph Curry wouldn't be Steph Curry yeah. without the coaching he had. Yeah. We saw Steph Curry before Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson got him to the next level. And then from there, Steve Kerr got him to the next level. But if, if there was no Mark Jackson or Steve Kerr, Steph Curry wouldn't be Steph Curry. Yeah. Michael Jordan would have been Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. You know, the Spurs wouldn't have been the Spurs without Greg Popovich. Yeah. So, you know, all these things play a role. Um, and so you can always ask yourself, like, am I being the teammate that I'm supposed to be, the best I can be? Am I supporting my other teammates' growth? Am I making room for their growth? Am I making our environment, am I contributing to the environment to make them want to still what be here? What happens if they don't want to grow? Then if they don't want to grow, then you might, then it might be time to trade some people go to a different team because a lot of times I think the truth is people do want to grow they just may not want to grow in that team 
Like they want their role to be something different that they can't have on that team, so therefore they don't want to do that. And that's why when you see people separate sometimes, they grow and be, they both are happier. Mm-hmm. And they have two very different lives. They live very different lives. Yeah. But they're both, their lives are more fitting to each of the people. Mm-hmm. Where if they're together, they're both fighting to be this one life that neither of them are really that happy with. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's what it is. Sometimes, sometimes you know, you have the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder. Back when they were in the finals, they had Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. But, but, but for some reason, it didn't work out. And James Harden was the sixth man on the OKC. But then he goes to the to Houston Rockets. And now he's like, I can lead my team. Doesn't mean he's going to lead him to the promised land. <laughs> but it needed, he needed room. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean Livingston, Iguodala needed to change the scenery to thrive. You know, JaVale McGee was damn near out of the NBA with no job. No one wanted to pick him up, but in this team with this system and the culture, he was able to be himself and thrive. So are we creating the system, the team, where each of us can thrive in our relationship? Well, that's not what we'll look for at the onset. Right. So, you know, if you only look for this perfect marriage. Like just the color of the jersey? Right, just the color of the jersey, just like, oh, I got the ring on my finger, I'm good, and the rest is going to take care of itself. Right, and And the the analogy of that would be like, we're talking about like how people need to go deeper. Like, let's let's all go deeper. Like, when I say I love you, like, sometimes go, what does that mean? Yeah. So, the the analogy of not going deeper, how people would be like, I just want a man. I want a good man. I just want my woman to be faithful. It's like, I just want to be on an NBA team. It's like, okay, there's 36 of them. Mm-hmm. Any old team will do, so any old good man will do. Yeah. Like, it, you know, like there, it, there's more to it. You know, having someone you can, you can, you know, that that's consistent, that's one trait, but there's so much more to it. Like what type of person, how do they, how do they treat you when you want to change something? What if what you signed up for you doesn't work for you anymore and you want to change it? How do they treat you? Yeah, I can guarantee you that's not the question that anyone asks. Like, why would we assume that whatever we said yes to will just be the same for the rest of our lives? Like, what other area in our lives is that? Careers don't last forever. You know, we may say yes to a job and six weeks later be like, that shit was horrible. You know, we may be like, oh yeah, I like this bed. And then a year later, like, oh, they don't like this bed. (laughs) We need to get a new bed. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like, you know, I started making music this way and I don't like what I make anymore. So I'm making something different. But in a relationship, it's like, nah, you, the shit you was making in 1993, you better be making that for the rest of your life. Because that's what yeah. I like you for. Yeah. But we all change. We try different things. We think we know what we like. And then a few years later, we're like, you know what? I don't like that anymore. But how many of us stay in relationships where into the relationship we're like ooh I don't like the way this works anymore but be like well shit I signed up for it I better just deal with it and, and they're just afraid or uncomfortable to have that conversation or that space has never been created to have that conversation right or it's not even possible to have it yeah you know or people get together and never really find out until they really have to if they're actually compatible about communicating oh yeah exactly I mean communicating or anything else and then it creates a whole cycle of problems, kids, all that good stuff. Yeah. So that's what it is. So make sure y'all 
are very aware of what kind of team you want. Do you want a team that wins championships? Do you want a team that just makes the playoffs every couple of years? Do you want a team that's just happy to be in the NBA? Do you want a team that's like a D-League team? Do you want a, just a college basketball team that just don't ever make it? And it's just, you know, it's college, yeah. you know, or what, is, what type of team do you want to have? And see if you're willing to put in that work. We get people yeah. saying, man, you know, it's easy for you guys to say, you guys, you guys already have it. You found that person. And I'm like, I don't know if you really would go through half the shit that she goes through <laughs> or that I go through to have this relationship. Like it, we, we get these heights but we have to go through like torn MCLs and torn ACLs and and broken bones and shit to make this to grow and heal and to learn this stuff. This is, you know, it's painful. Like the Warriors, it's painful to to go seventy three and nine, have the best record in the world, and not finish that and be like and just lose the finals, and have to wait the whole next year knowing that you that was yours and you yeah. just fell apart. You know that shit hurts. You know, it hurts. Imagine there's certain players who got to the finals once and in a 16-year career never got back again and never won it again. Like, that work that they put into that level of failure is not what most people are willing to do. So, you know, the, the level of heights will definitely match the level of work you put into it. And then maintaining that level of height may requires that same level of work. Well, you and I are just, like, certifiably crazy, so... But we're here for you, and we like that you guys are listening to our crazy. Um, and I hope this was fun, and we're back in the fun mode. It was fun. You had no idea what my rant was going to no. be about, which way this was going to go. No I idea. mean, you had an idea, because I, I was feisty enough. I can smell it, but you know, <laughs> you never fully know until she gets into the mic and just starts yelling out things. Well, at least she didn't fire burn all all men. She no. didn't set fire to them all. She, yeah. she, she likes <laughs> she really, she wishes she was a man a lot of times she says it so she knows that there's there are benefits and there's the, definitely benefits I'm yeah. not stupid I'm not gonna <laughs> but that's the reason is like men and women both have completely different powerful skill sets that if we're if we're playing this right we can yeah. both play different roles while we help each other learn each right. other's roles and respect it and support it you know, um, and that's but kind of the essence. Next time Deja gets her hair all messed up, you're the one that's dealing with it. Cool. Well, you know what my hair looks like, so <laughs> that's how I deal with my hair. I either was bald or I had locks, so I don't. You know, you know, I got, I'm smart enough to know what I can and can't do, and find people who are who can handle that. So if it's my turn to get her hair did, I'll get her hair did. <laughs> my hands may not be touching her hair, but I'll get it did. We'll go straight over to East Oakland. I got folks. So that's what it is. Episode 12, the Black Russian podcast. Um, gratefuls, gratefuls, gratefuls. Oh, summertime, finally. Nice and hot. Yes. Grateful for summertime. Um, grateful for not having any major antagonists in my life at the moment. Like, there's no major bad thing at work or crazy thing at home or crazy relationship wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have work? I work. Wow. Yeah. That's what she says. <laughs> she knows I work. No, it's just that you have work, not just like business, but there's a job. Oh, well, it's not really a job anymore. I kind of emancipated uh, myself from the job. Yeah, I had, that didn't last. No, I, I'm, I'm not a good employee, so it was really hard for me to be told where, where to be and when to be. So, like, somehow it worked out to where I was like, I'm more than happy to take a little less 
to just do what I do and how I want to do it. So now I'm that <laughs> so monkey's off my back. So we tried the job thing that didn't work. Six months. Yeah. yeah. Six okay. months. That's good. Yeah. Not that cool, but it's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful to not have any core antagonists. I'm not micromanaged by any person, one person, place, or thing. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, I am grateful for Latinas, Latinos, Latinos. <laughs> That'll be the last one. I'm grateful for charitable people. No, I'm oh, Now you're ruining my gratefuls. You're running over them, being a freaking man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, the kids. Kids are at home, and I think it's awesome. The older they get, the cooler they are. And I told Aaron the other day, I'm like, you know, what's really cool is that all four of you guys actually, honestly, sincerely like each other. Right. And he looked at me like, yeah, of course we do. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you like? How many, how many of your friends have siblings? And how many of them refer to them in a nice way right like just think about that and he actually took a minute and he was like uh yeah i'm like yeah you guys all of you like each other actually like honestly like each other right that's a big one yeah um i'm healthy for discovering new artists that are messengers of wisdom and knowledge and just amazing music like Kabaka Pyramid, Jadan Blackamore, Janine, Protege. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, Latinas make my world go round. So I'm grateful for them. Grateful Latinas, Chocolatinas, <laughs> Coquinas, Cochinas. Not Cochinas, Cochinas is pigs, no Cochinas. Um, I'm grateful for. There's just so many things. Napping in the afternoon. I'm grateful for napping. Um, I'm grateful for actually... I think I'm going to get back on my skateboard. I think I'll be grateful for actually finding a new way to appreciate skateboarding at my 40 years old. Nice. Where, where I'm not nut. Are you 40? Pressure cooker. Wait, are you 40? I'm 40. I'm, well, I'm 40 and a half. No. Almost 41. I'm almost more than 40 41. and a half. You're almost 41. I'm 40 September. and, and two thirds. Three quarters. I'm happy to make music. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and we're going to Reggae Festival tomorrow. Yep, Sierra Nevada. We're about to go see Maka B and Anthony B mm-hmm. and Capleton. Mm-hmm. So, Kakumba. Kakumba. Okay, I'm yep. done. We're done. She's out. I am Tian Buku One. I'm Yula. I'm Yula. <laughs> this is the Black Russian Podcast. Say something in Russian to him. Oh, God. I can't. What? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Let's call it the Black Podcast. Спасибо, что вы слушаете, имейте терпение. Yeah, you have a friend. Speak to her in Russian. Yeah, I know. That's more. what I said. Give her more. That's what I said. Ксюша, спасибо, что ты слушаешь. Yeah. And sorry, Ксения, she didn't ask your questions on air. So you didn't oh, get any more about it. It was not about men this episode. So you have to take that up with her. We will. We will. On to the next. Enjoy yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Let me check it from the top. If I attract to you react to me. Every time I ask her that she answer that she not look back no way. 
Let me check it from the top If I attract her, you'll react to me Every time I ask her that she answer that she now look back the way You wanna roll with a pro today Then roll with pro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA You say you wanna roll with a pro today Then roll with pro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA Cause you already know what me deaf on girl Keep your posh like Beckham girl Take a second Cause if you check the keys of a sexy face Run her up in my room like second place Me skip first and second base But now me no deaf and ace And our next man deaf on the case So make me have a second place Make him no weapon left on waste Me say You wanna roll with a bro today Then roll with bro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA You say you wanna roll with a bro today Then roll with bro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA So make me know if you're deaf on that Got my focus on deaf on track I'm alive when you're deaf on top But my love when you're deaf on knees When it's gone to real you can dip and please, god damn the flow dip and ease You don't like the mind gets more time in dip on trees Have some big big dreams never step on these Things we get crossed like second teeth So please You wanna roll with a bro today Then roll with bro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA You say you wanna roll with a bro today Then roll with bro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA I don't want my wife making my bed I want her making my blood While she laying in bed While I'm taking her med Thinking ahead Thinking about the future If she can bring this youth in her when me speak, me tell the truth now Now I go fabricate it, baby girl, just to suit you Make me know if this cool to you, if it new to you Follow the gift on the roots, you know You wanna roll with a bro today Then roll with bro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA You say you wanna roll with a bro today Then roll with bro to J And roll this troll for me Don't know what more to say Is over digging the OSA You already know what me deaf on girl Keep your posh like Beckham girl Take a second swirl Cause if you check the gears of a sexy feet Run her up in my room like second place Me skip first and second base But now me not deaf and ace And our next man deaf on the case So make me have a second place Make him no weapon left on waste to say